Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Buzzing About Romance podcast. Um, you've got me, Becky, and with us again is Leah. Hey, Leah. You did your crazy Mrs. Doubtfire hello again. I know. Hello. Hello. Um, and I'm not sure why I'm like, with me again is Leah. Like, Leah's always here, people. I don't I know. I mean, there there might be a week where I'm not. I could take this a week off. Well, right. And then and the with me again will make sense. Right. But right now it doesn't. It doesn't. Anyway, look at us okay. staying on brand with awkward intros. Um, okay. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are going to celebrate Christmas in July. Uh, we are putting some of our favorite holiday romances under the Die Hard test. Uh, we have a few members of our Patreon community joining us, and um, we'll get to the details of how we decided to do what we're doing, but welcome back. We have Rachel. Welcome back, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Um, and Carolina is here. Hello, everyone. And Heather, our hockey guru. Hello, everyone. And then for the first time ever on the podcast, Nikki is with us. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Um, Nikki is like one of our OG fans and has been like hanging out with us forever, but we finally talked her into coming on the podcast. She's like, Becky, stop it. <laughs> and, and she wore a reindeer onesie for us. Um, so some of you can be watching this on our YouTube channel. Um, at the request of our patrons, we are uploading this video um, as a special holiday bonus for you. Because well, some of us are wearing holiday attire. Right. Well, some of us do not own holiday attire. So <laughs> I have a green shirt on. Does that count? I, I'm going to show you my shirt. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Carolina is showing us her Christmas sweater. It's adorable. It's a little oh, like Boston Bulldog uh, Terrier. No, Frenchie. 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 I'm sorry. French Bulldog. Frenchie. <laughs> that lights up and is wearing a Santa hat. That's so awesome. cute. And Rachel is wearing a penguin onesie. <laughs> Look oh, at man. that. And we have um, Nikki in a reindeer onesie. I believe that our house owns a unicorn onesie somewhere. I do too. <laughs> um, it's it's the girl child's. I'm not sure it would fit my butt, but we have one. And then there's Heather, who has one of the best Christmas T-shirts. If I were to own a Christmas shirt, which I do it not, it would be that one. It would be this one. And what does it say, Heather? It says, "I'm so good. Santa came twice." <laughs> whoop, whoop. Look at that. She's a good uh, girl. Totally. We have okay. an annual Christmas party. And there's no kids ever. So, you know, and we're, there's prizes. So my husband and I were trying to win prizes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so what we did is we put everyone's name in a hat and then you quote unquote gifted your personal favorite holiday romance to the person whose name was given to you. So I picked, um, I was given Leah's name and I picked holiday by Monica Murphy for Leah and we'll talk about how, what a pain in the butt I am. Uh, <laughs> Nikki, what did you, you picked for Carolina. What did you pick? Uh, bossy Christmas. And who's a that by? Bossy. Oh, Very Bossy Christmas. A Very Bossy Christmas by, I have mine up. So Carolina could say the author's name because I don't want to screw it up. 
Who was uh, your book by Carolina? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Loring is last. Kaylee name. Loring. Kaylee Loring. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel for the save. <laughs> we are off to a great start tonight. Um, Leah, Again, you... we are staying on brand. <laughs> on brand. Leah, you picked uh, for me. I did pick for you. I picked The Christmas Blanket by Candy Steiner. And then Heather picked for Rachel. And she picked Mistletoe Mistake. And who is that by? Amelie Rose. Amelie Rose. Okay, and then Rachel. Rachel picked for Heather. And she picked Lucy Scores, The Christmas Fix. And then Carolina picked for Nikki, Just One Kiss by Jay Salmon. Because apparently that's, that was a theme for like the month of July. <laughs> well, Chase on us. I, for... I love the book. I, it was a good book. See, because she writes great books. Everybody should be reading her. Okay. So let's talk about what is the die hard test? Um, in our house, every Christmas, we are often confronted with the great debate. Is die hard a Christmas movie? So. Yes. Uh, Yes, it is. It is. We are split at my house. I mean, because I live with boys and they think that anything that blows up is for a Christmas movie. I am not in agreement. I do not think it's a Christmas movie. But because three out of four of us, so. Carolina, what are your thoughts on Die Hard? Uh, Our household is split. (laughs) Uh, 50 50 because there's so, two people in your household exactly um, my husband is of the mind that and it was on the other night for us he's like oh mm-hmm. we can watch it it's a christmas movie right you're reading a christmas romance this is a christmas movie Perfect. there you go so i roll <laughs> audible eye roll audible eye roll <laughs> um so a few years ago, Mike and the girl child did a Christmas movie marathon where he, for like the month of December, picked a different Christmas movie and made her watch it. And of course they watched Die Hard. And she's like, this is the dumbest movie. Like <laughs> complained about it nonstop for the whole month. Like, why am I watching this crap? I mean, she also got really angry at uh, Lampoon's Christmas vacation when the cat gets fried. Like she was angry about that movie so um that year for christmas michael and i made her her very own christmas diehard ornament so we made like a uh, box out of um tin foil and put a picture of john mcclain inside so it looks like he's in the duct and then at that (laughs) time we we were still doing our elf on the shelf um And when our elf, candy elf, Fredo, left on Christmas Eve, he would leave um, a surprise, some kind of prank or fun thing for the kids. That year, Candy superimposed himself into different cutscenes from Die Hard. So, like, he was on top of Narutaki Tower and crawling through the... Anyway. Very elaborate. (laughs) To this day, Girl Child does not let any of forget the year we made her watch Die Hard and tortured her so um, so we are going to put kind of we're going to debate these Christmas romances under the same microscope are these truly Christmas romances 
or could they be any time romances? Um, okay. Before we get to the diehard test, we need to know, are you a Christmas person? So, uh, yes, <laughs> I have like seven Christmas trees. My porch has three. We have one on our deck. I think I have four in my house. Um, big Christmas person. Obviously. When do you when start do you... decorating? Yes. That's the always, true test. always the day after Christmas or the day after Thanksgiving. Um, unless we have a hockey tournament, which this was basically the only year we didn't have a hockey tournament. Um, but like we have bins and bins and bins and my husband keeps telling me like Heather enough and I'm like mm -mm. Uh, my grandma um, started like I have a belt like a sleigh bell for every year I've been born so I have a whole tree that's just silver bells that's really okay, cute that's though awesome. like I love right? that but it's like kind of a lot luckily we have basements in Minnesota if I live if I were Carolina I wouldn't be able to survive because I don't have a basement Carolina, are you a Christmas person? Yes, absolutely. We don't have, we have a lot of um, ornaments and decorations. Um, we have like one big tree and we have a bunch of little smaller trees that we do some of the smaller ornaments on. Um, but I love like all the activities, like going to see the Christmas lights, um, going like having hot chocolate. We always do like a movie night and watch White Christmas. Um, and then being in Orlando, Disney, and we're big Disney fans, Disney knows how to do the holidays. So we will go to the Magic Kingdom and do, and Epcot and do Christmas around the world. So we get a full fill of Christmas and like Disney Springs has a whole Christmas tree um, kind of scavenger hunt path that you can go on that has like over I don't know, 40 trees or something that you can see, something crazy. Um, so we are. So Heather will be going to Orlando okay. this year for Christmas. Okay. Give a <laughs> guest room. Carolina. Youngest we do. I'll be you, can, you can reserve it. <laughs> uh, Rachel, are you a Christmas person? Well, maybe not as much as Carolina and Heather, but <laughs> I would consider myself a Christmas person. I decorate um, like as soon as it's November. Basically, Alex lets me get the Christmas decorations out. So, I mean, we don't host Thanksgiving or anything like that. So, and also I like to take book pictures with Christmas things. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. It helps the bookstagram. Uh, Nikki, are you a Christmas person? It depends. That's fair. I like Christmas spirit. I like the whole decorating and all that. I hate the over materialisticness of Christmas. Fair. I like um, in Europe, they really emphasize family time and Christmas Eve is a bigger deal than Christmas. And my best Christmas is when my husband and I went to Amsterdam and we just spent the whole time together and it was a blast. So I like Christmas. I just don't like when it becomes all about the presents and. Completely fair. Um, mm -hmm. I would agree yeah. with you. I would agree. A hundred percent on that. Um, Leah, are you a Christmas person? Well, Christmas is kind of a mixed bag in our house because my youngest, her birthday is Christmas Eve. So we do Christmas and birthday. So we kind of have to split the time, but Christmas is like, we don't decorate till December because Thanksgiving has not completely ended yet. So we have, we are 
December is our Christmas month and only our Christmas month, but we have to celebrate the the youngest as well. So, but I mean, I am, but I, my husband is the more out of control at Christmas person in our house and I have to rein him back in because I'm like, they don't need all so that funny. stuff. They don't need that. We don't need to do that. We just can sit and drink cocoa and watch movies and I'm content with that. There you go. There you what go. about you, Becky? No, I hate it. um okay so i actually love decorations just because i love seasonal decorating you know i don't really have any decorations for july because we're not really like big in the whole patriotic thing hate me if you want it's fine but like we decorated big for pride month and saint patrick's day and easter i mean that's all my gig i love to decorate for a season um but we're not big gatherers a lot of times um like our boy child was sick at Christmas, so we can't really gather with other people. It's flu and cold season. I'm a germaphobe. Don't invite me <laughs> when you all are like coughing and sneezing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I like the decorations, but kind of like Nikki, you know, I think as a mom, and this is a mom thing, when for a lot of years we didn't have a, the financial flow to buy huge presents and big elaborate Christmases and stuff like that. And in a way, um, Christmas always makes you feel a little bit more inadequate. It shows that separation of, Mm -hmm. you know, the haves and the have nots, so to speak. Um, So I, I would agree that, you know, the experiences in those moments, you know, the child still talks about, you know, when we made her watch Die Hard, she thinks that that's hilarious or the different things that the elf did through the years. Those are the memories my kids think about, not the fact that one year I pretty much went broke trying to buy troublesome trucks for um, Thomas for the boy child because he loved them and could only find them on eBay. And these little stupid matchbox things were like 30 bucks. Um, so it's just I don't know. I don't love holidays. I'm grouchy during them and I don't have a big together family either. So I think that that can make. It's mm-hmm. just usually the five of us and we do, we have different uh, traditions that we do. So, and our kids are older now. We don't really have Santa anymore. So yeah, it's when that's the thing, like my kids are still little, like they, I mean, my oldest does not believe, but my youngest is still in that like in between stage yeah. where it's like, we can do it up like really fun for her. Cause she's still in that like magic stage. Yeah. But, um, I still make the children believe in Santa though, because, um, I don't, that's who's buying them presents. So I make them, I made the 17 year old this last year, write a list to Santa because I'm that mom. <laughs> uh, my kids go and see, there is an amazing Santa here and, um, he's like won awards. My kids still go sit on Santa's lap and they're 14 and 10. And there are called no joke. Like she had to bump her time up to like Thanksgiving because moms will have the college kids come home and the kids will go see the Santa because like the mom's like, this is the only Santa my kids have seen. So I'm that mom. That's kind of funny. Okay. So are we Hallmark movie watchers? No. Everybody's like, yes, Leah is not. I just want a billionaire and a ski chalet. That's all I want. (laughs) Some small town in Vermont. (laughs) Did you ever see 
that video of the scientists who went to Vermont is like, I read all those romance things and here I am. And she like videotaped. So where are they? Are they going to pop out? Yes. She was on TikTok. And so she was there and she's like, classic. well, maybe I should go to the apple orchard. Maybe I should go to the town square. It was so or the funny. florist. Yeah. Oh I always go to maybe the coffee shop. Glory. I'm in the coffee shop and there is no hot millionaire waiting Cafe. <laughs> to sweep me off my feet i mean or run into you and spill your coffee on you outside because <laughs> isn't that usually like the meet cute like they're out they like ram into each other like in the doorway and the, mm-hmm. the heroine always ends up wearing the coffee something something i like i mean i know they're pretty much all the same plot and my husband points it out every year he's like hello oh, they're the same plot i'm like you know what nobody asked your opinion anyway one <laughs> and two just sit, drink your beer, shut up and watch a movie with me. I don't really care about your opinion. We're going to just pretend that you're the billionaire that I met I in the think, coffee shop. <laughs> I think that's why they are like so comforting is because it is like very formulaic. And I know that like they're finally going to get together and then there's going to be some big fight or misunderstanding. And then the first kiss is going to happen with like five minutes left of the movie. Yeah. And I don't even care. I like that. I like that it's a little bit predictable. I agree. Like, I'm like, everybody deserves to have their HEA. And then he didn't know what that was. So I had to explain it to him. But... <laughs> Did you like shove his head in the toilet? Because I feel like oh at gosh. this moment, dude, Mr. Hockey Mom is waiting to get his so head shoved in a toilet. Here's the funny thing. <laughs> so my husband for I don't know, people don't know this, but my husband is a fourth grade teacher. I am a high school teacher. So I work with a lot of men. He works with a lot of women. So he has like work wives, like it's a big joke in our house. So all of the ladies that he works with all watch Hallmark also. So then he'll go to work and be like, oh yeah, Heather and I watch this. And so they all think he's like the best husband ever, you know, but. Oh, he's complaining the entire time he's watching them. Right. But then, you know, but then he's like kind of in because he's watched all the Hallmark movies that they did. That's whatever. So funny. Um, okay, so let's do a brief. Watch the I can't watch them with my husband. You can't. I can't. I can't because he makes too many comments and makes mine does like too. makes fun of them. So I just make sure that I watch him. Like I'll record him and then watch him when he's. Not so Mike is the worst to watch TV with because especially if it's something like that, he'll have to break it down and tell you like, well, it's not that's not realistic. The probability of that happening is like zero. And, or then he'll like bring out nitpick some like thing that is scientifically inaccurate. He'll be like, well, that would never happen. This kind of medicine is this much. And I'm just like, fine, whatever, quit, done, you win. Um, Cause you know, like I can't watch Criminal Minds anymore. He ruined them all for me. <laughs> anyway um okay so let's do a brief synopsis of your book main tropes outside of christmas so all of these books do have in common the holiday christmas trope so just kind of like you know i'll start i had the christmas blanket by candy steiner it's uh the main characters are river and eliza they are divorced from each other so this is a second chance romance um small town hometown romance Childhood Sweethearts, Close Proximity. Um, So, Leah, what was your book? 
Mine is Holidate by Monica Murphy. Um, my hero is Charlie. My heroine is Candace. It is a grumpy sunshine. Like, and there's no penises. There's no penises, but he is like hardcore grumpy sunshine. Um, fake relationship-esque because his mom kind of... Um, <clears throat> she kind of like cheats and gets Candace to take him places and introduce him like to society in a sense and try and like take him out. But she lied to her and said that she said she would do it, but she didn't want to do it. Um, so yeah, that's mine. That's yours. Rachel, what's yours? Mine was Mistletoe Mistake by Amelie Rose. My hero is Nick and my heroine is Holly. And it is a brother's best friend romance, forced proximity, and then grumpy sunshine. But I would say the grumpy is Holly and the sunshine is Nick. Holly has a Christmas birthday. It's on Christmas day. So she hates Christmas. And Nick's goal while they were watching her brother's apartment together, because he was out of town, his goal was to make her love Christmas. Oh, cute. It's kind of cute. It was cute. Nikki, what was your book? It was Just One Kiss by Jay Sh- Shaman. Shaman. Um, it's uh, the two main characters. It's London is the heroine and Miles is the main male character. And he, it's a forced proximity and I guess it'd be second chance. It's, um, they went to high school together and right before he went off to go to the army, he kissed her. Even they both had crushes on each other. Fast forward, I think almost like 10 years later and she crashes her car, trying to drive up to her family's house and he rescues her and they're snowed in. And there was at least penises in mine. <laughs> and there was at least a penis in mine. <laughs> Excellent. Heather, what was your romance? Mine was The Holiday Fix by Lucy Score. Um, the main character is Noah and then the, um, the Noah and Catalina, but she goes by Cat. Um, and the tropes are enemies to lovers. And then kind of a little bit forced proximity, um, small town. Um, he's the town manager like guy. And then she wants to come in and do like a, home improvement show and the town is called mary so very christmasy it's kind of cute okay carolina what was your book i read um a very boss bossy christmas by um kaylee loring and it is declan who's a lawyer and maddie his um, executive assistant so there's office romance um it's a fake relationship and there's a little bit of like an enemies to lovers feel to it because of just their banter and butting heads. Um, so he needs, he kind of puts a foot in his mouth and needs a date to some family holiday events and convinces Maddie, um, who he secretly crushed on for a long time to be his fake girlfriend um, and go home with him. Um, they also end up going, spending Christmas with her family um, and Another very important character in this book is Piper, who's Maddie's 13-year-old niece, 
who has a big fan on deck is a big fan of Declan and says he has the perfect butt um, <laughs> and also writes um, fan fiction for Macklin <laughs> the couple <laughs> so um, and sometimes there's a lot of one of the things I loved about this book is there's a lot of like text conversations between Declan and Maddie. Mm. And then also sometimes um, Piper would steal Maddie's phone and text with Declan. <laughs> and it was just rom-com. That's the other one. Rom-com. So um, funny. Okay. That so. sounds really good. Mm-hmm. All right, Becky, what about yours? Um, so I had Candy Steiner's uh, The Christmas Blanket. I said it oh, was. Wait, you already, I already said yours. it. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. Mine was like she's home. I didn't give it like a synopsis though. She's home for the holidays. She hasn't been home in seven years. She hasn't seen River in seven years. Um, she's back home to visit um, family, and there's a freak blizzard, and they get snowed in together. Shocking, right? Okay, Shocking. so here's your holiday romance test. Okay. So there's four questions. Mm -hmm. Is the Christmas romance that you read truly a Christmas romance? So Christmas plays a big part in the story. How much is that Christmas part of the story? Like is Christmas everything in that story or is it they come together on Christmas Eve? Um, Is Christmas an integral part of the plot of the story? Meaning... In the plot, if it was Valentine's Day weekend, could the story still happen the same, play out the same way? Um, Could the book take place outside of the holiday? Meaning, could this have happened? Like, so I'll start with mine, The Christmas Blanket. Um, I don't think it's truly a Christmas romance. (laughs) She could have gone home at any time. The bigger plot point in my book was The Blizzard that pushes them together. So had it been New Year's Eve and her car broke down and he rescued her and they got snowed in together, it just had to be snowing. It didn't have to be Christmas. Um, She is home for the holidays, but really any return home during winter season, you could have had the same results. Um, And could this book take place outside of a holiday? Yeah, she could have been home for President's Day. Um, but then they wouldn't have got a holiday. Okay. Well, it's a holiday, but she could have been there just on a Wednesday and it had a blizzard. (laughs) Um, so I don't feel that mine Christmas was an integral part of my story. Uh, there was nothing Christmassy. Like there wasn't Christmas party. She was just home visiting family. So put your romance under the same test. Uh, we'll start with Carolina. Carolina. Oh, lordy. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Um, is a Christmas uh, romance, We tr- truly a Christmas romance? Um, well, I'm going to start with how much does Christmas play into the story? And I, it played a lot into the story. Um, the author did a fantastic job of we- weaving everything in holiday events. Yes. Um, Christmas events like Christmas Eve dinner at Declan's house was the driver that he needed the date for so he needed dates for holiday specific events could have that happened for other holidays sure Um, but they also had their office Christmas party and some of the acts that 
um, they had a secret Santa and the gift that Declan gave to his secret Santa, which was not Maddie, not the heroine, um, did reveal something about his character. So that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, and there was a, a night at the bar that he got drunk and he started singing Christmas carols. Um, that was pretty darn good. Um, listen to the audio version because the uh, narrator sings them. It's kind of fun. Okay. Um, and and oh, what was the other one? Oh, and the author does like chapter titles. So it's not just like chapter one and does like catchy, catchy titles for it. So we'll take, um, and I can't even think of one right now. I should have been prepared for that, but That's we'll okay. spin it to make it meet the story. So it's a mashup of the Christmas song or a Christmas saying with something yeah. happening in the story. So there's that. Um, so I would say it, it plays an integral part of the story because the author did a great job of weaving everything together. Well, Could and when it, you were done consuming the book, did you have kind of a bit of a holiday feel and spirit to you? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now, the the question of could it take place outside of a holiday? It could have taken place in any other holiday as, as long as the author wove it into it. But this story needed a some holiday to big anchor. holiday. Yes, a big holiday. Couldn't be, it right. couldn't have been President's Day. It had to have been like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Thanks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, something like that. Okay. Okay, Heather, your turn. So for Heather, it was Lucy scores the Christmas fix. How yeah, Christmassy so is the Christmas fix? Very, very, very. So it starts out, um, it's Mary, um, New Hampshire. And so Mary, it's M-E-R-R-Y, like Merry Christmas. And they're it's like Christmas is their thing and they have like a, this huge festival on Christmas Eve and they have all the lights and they have all these big festivals. Um, but in the fall, it was hit with a hurricane. And so it sort of wiped out um, Mary and Catalina or Cat, as she goes by, she has a like a DIY renovation show on something similar to like HGTV. And so she wants to go in and redo this town for um Mary because she loves Mary and Noah is like super duper against it and he is thinks she's kind of fake and doesn't really see you know the kind of person she is um and they want to get this done by Christmas Eve so they can have their big holiday celebration which is really what kind of brings the town and then surrounding towns together um, so it's a huge, huge part of the town or the story. Um, I, it, I suppose she, Lucy could have done it a different way, but I don't think it would have been the same book. Like, okay. I think it was a very, so this book really needed Christmas. Yeah. And I think it's intentional. So it's, I think it's part of a duet. Am I wrong, Rach? So Mr. Fixer Upper is Catalina's brother. And they like had this show together. So oh, Mr. Okay. Fixer Upper comes first and then you have the Christmas fix and um, super cute. I mean, and Noah, at first I'm like, I kind of want to throw punch him. Like he's so he's grumpy, grumpy. So super grumpy. <laughs> and, um, but whew, he's a little bit like of a, a douche nugget sometimes yeah, too. But he's a dirty talker too. I mean, he does. it was I a surprise. Like a dirty talker. I was like, whew. All right, Noah. 
so funny. Um, okay, Nikki, your Christmas romance is Just One Kiss by Jay Salmon. Is this a holiday romance? All right. So Christmas is a really big thing for her. Um, for Miles, he's not into Christmas because he was a foster child. So he never really had that family experience. So he was not celebrating. He wasn't anything. But she only left New York City to go up to spend time because it's a family tradition to go up to their Vermont house to have Christmas. So it does play a big thing. They do do really cute things like make ornaments because he does glass art. And I mean, I feel like it was very Christmassy um, and that he does, he watches Christmas movies. He watches, I forget which one, it, which movie they watch together, but he lets her, he watches Christmas movies with her. So do you think this book could have taken place outside of Christmas and been the same story? I don't think it would have been the same story because what okay. part of the thing is, is her father sends someone to come get her so that she can be home in time for Christmas. I don't, out of like maybe Thanksgiving, I wouldn't see a parent doing that for any other holiday. Okay. That's fair. I, I think it's pretty much without Christmas, it wouldn't be the same story. Okay. Uh, Rachel, your turn. Is your Christmas romance that you had mistletoe mistake? Is it truly a Christmas romance? It is definitely a Christmas romance. Um, everything in it is basically set around Christmas. The biggest storyline is that the female main character, Holly, her birthday's on Christmas, which is why she's such a grump. Um, they are she's watching her brother's apartment because he and his wife are visiting her family for christmas um nick the uh, hero in the story is best friends with holly's brother and kind of only works up the courage to like hang out with her because he wants to show her that christmas isn't all bad so for multiple reasons i like i don't think the story would have made any sense really not set in Christmas with everything that transpired to get the couple together. Like, I can't think of any holiday where they would be traveling to see her sister-in-law's family other than maybe Thanksgiving. But with her birthday being on Christmas, that's really like a huge part of the storyline. And her parents own a greeting card company. So there's like a Christmas party. Yeah, there's like a Christmas party <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So the series is actually called Greetings from Avondale. Avondale? Yeah. And that's the greeting card company's company. name. So it's all Christmas, like all the time. I don't think it would make, it wouldn't make any sense any Somewhere other else. time with this couple, right? That's fair. Okay, Leah. Okay. You had Holiday by Monica Murphy. Is this truly a Christmas romance? Um, yes, because the whole premise, like Charlie's family owns a Christmas tree farm. Like that is their business. And Charlie dislikes Christmas because of the fact that it's so materialized and people come and just spend money on ridiculous things. And he complains about how expensive the trees are. And it's like, but this is your livelihood. 
So the whole premise. Oh, I forgot that about him, that he complains about the expense of the Christmas trees. Yes. But he he complains about how much these people are paying for trees. And it's like that. This is what your family is charging for trees. But he he dislikes like the entire act of Christmas. Like and he does everything he can to avoid everything about Christmas because this is he's busy. He's always busy. The trees just never stop. And they have like on the the they have multiple lots and on the the main lot that he works at, they also have a gift shop where they sell all things Christmas as well. But so Candace loves the holidays and she loves giving and being doing like charitable work because she has sentimental reasons for it because she is her mom had passed away when she was very little and so she does all this charity work and giving in like memory of her mom because she had left her a substantial fortune like to inherit but it's just so funny because he's so anti-Christmas and it's like their his entire life revolves around Christmas and so Candace's brought in by his mom to kind of take him out of like the Christmas crump and the Christmas shell and really kind of network their business a little bit more to try and show him that it's not just about the money. It's not just about people buying stuff. Like there is more to it. Like people appreciate the fact that they do all this work for them and people appreciate the fact that they have this tree farm. So mine definitely would not like be able to be in any other time of the year because it is a Christmas tree farm. Yeah. And it's it's ironic though, because my great uncle used to own a Christmas tree farm. Oh. <laughs> like my family grew Christmas trees. So like the month of December was crazy. Like granted Thanksgiving was like a night where it was hit or miss if they would show up because they would start selling trees. So I thought That's it was funny. kind of funny that I read that. That was that was their bread and butter, their Christmas tree farm. Um, And real quick, before we go on to our buzzing about romance conversation card, is this a holiday romance you would recommend? So I would totally recommend mine. It was very good, well written, not as angsty as you expect in a a Candy Steiner book. Um, But I did enjoy it. It was a quick, easy read. So I would recommend my book. Uh, Leah, would you recommend your book? Um, I did. I actually really did enjoy the book. Even though it was penis free, it was penis free. And like I said, if it wasn't Becky recommending it, it probably wouldn't have been so shocking that it was penis free, but overall, like there are some really funny parts in it and it was a really good grumpy sunshine. So yes, I would recommend this. Honestly, Uh, I was surprised with Monica Murphy. There was no penis. Right. That, that whole date series that she does is very rom-com light, um, Mm -hmm. light, light penis, light Light penis. Yeah. Penis light. Uh, Rachel, would you recommend your romance? I would. And then I signed up for an arc of book two in the series. (laughs) Of course you did. Of course you did. I liked the writing. It was good. It was fun. (laughs) And that like the best friend of Holly is getting her book and it's going to, I think it'll be good. So yeah, I recommend it. Gosh, Nikki, would you recommend? Um, It's set in the greeting card company world because the best friend and roommate works for uh, Holly's dad at the greeting card company. Okay. So Um, it'll probably be holiday-ish. So funny. Signed up for an arc. Nikki, would you recommend your book? Would. 
I absolutely would. I know uh, that you recommend all her other books too. I do. I do. Okay. I do. Can, they are stupid you sexy. also need to mention in that book has a cute sidekick of Miles's dog. <gasps> Baxter, I know who loves Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. The dog so, loves Taylor Swift dog. songs. Mm-hmm. Horse. Gosh, yes. I have to read this. Well, it's the only thing that calms him down. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. He's a rescue. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's really funny. Uh, Heather, would you recommend your rom- your Christmas romance? For sure. I loved it. So cute. I should have probably mentioned he's a single dad too, like a divorced. And they co-parent like bosses. I mean, it's really I mean, it's mm-hmm. Lucy score, just anything yeah. by her. I just read anything so. Lucy score. <laughs> uh, and Carolina, would you recommend your book? Yes, absolutely. 100% both. I've read it and listened to the audio. Recommend both. Start with the audio. Great, great, the audio. great singing, great accents. Cause there's like New York, Boston. Uh, oh, Irish, I love like all of it. Wrote. And you could hear the yep. accent, the Irish Boston, the Jersey. Yep. yep. And you get all of that in the audio. So audio is great. And I really, um, her Valentine's book, a very friendly Valentine, I think it's called, is Declan's brother, Eddie, that I want to read. So it was, that one it. was so good. Yeah. It was so I might good. Listen, I might listen to it because it's both the same narrators. So that was even funnier. <laughs> Like, Gosh. honestly, it was even funnier. Yeah. Like, I can't read it while while my husband's sleeping because I snort laugh, like, <laughs> and I cry laughing I, reading her books. I was, because like, I did, I did for this episode, I listened to the audio because I read the book in December, but I listened to the audio this time and I was like giggling as I was listening to through the whole book. So funny. So, I yes, tried to I read. It. <laughs> I remember trying to read one of her books at lunch at work, and I had to stop because I was laughing out loud so hard, like shaking. Gosh. So this is one to best read at home, unless you want to make it's an ass funny. of yourself. Like you can, as long as you don't mind laughing out loud, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Okay, so as has become part of our tradition with our episodes, we are gonna do one of our buzzing about romance conversation cards. This is conversation card number five. How big of an impact does a cover have on if you will pick up a book or not? No synopsis, just cover. Big, very big. If I hate it, honestly, if I don't like a cover, I have a really hard time reading it. Unless I hear like from multiple people, like this book was really good. Then I won't, a lot of times if I hate a cover, I won't even try reading it. Rachel. Yeah, it has a huge impact on whether or not I'll read it. Obviously depends on the author because there's some authors, like I'm going to read their books no matter what. But outside of that, if it's an author I'm not familiar with, or maybe I've only read one or two of their books if I don't like the cover, I'm probably not going to read it unless, like Leah said, I've been recommended it multiple times. Nikki, does a cover play into effect for you? I agree with Rachel. Um, unless I really know the author and I don't even pay attention to the covers, I just know mm-hmm. I'm going to get the book. There's a few authors. I will say, though, um, there are some covers that I don't love, but I got catfished by... Um, Facebook where I've read the synopsis and parts of the book 
And so then I got the book because I did that and I didn't see the cover. It's so, but if it goes at face value and the cover's not great, it's not going to catch me. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know Facebook could catfish it, us for book covers. They do yes. like summaries. Have you not seen those where uh-huh. it's like a okay. summary and then it takes you like directly to the like Amazon link? This, this has never <laughs> happened to me before except this week. It keeps happening. And I read these synopsis, synopses and I'm like, wow, this sounds so good. And then I click it and I'm like, oh. I don't know about this. That's great marketing. Um, uh, that happens to me. And then I get to it and it's like Christian romance. And I'm like, where oh, no, I ever would I fit into the Christian romance people? Like, no. <laughs> How do I get it's out happened of this to me world? a couple times too. And I'm like, <laughs> why is this even popping up? Like, clearly they're not trolling me correctly. <laughs> so Heather, oh. does a cover play a big piece for you? Yes, I am a huge, I think I'm a cover snob, but like kind of similar to Rachel and Nikki, if, if I'm like "Eh," on the cover, but I know that the author is great, then I'll just, you know, there's some must read authors. Um, But I am kind of picky and this is going to sound like I love abs as much as the next person, but sometimes they get old, like, you know, so. No, it's fair. Or the same, the same cover model over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Cause... I think that's why the illustrated covers are probably taking off is because they're different. Mm-hmm. You have a little more freedom. Or like couple couples on covers. That's intriguing too. Because you can like that can be if the couple doesn't have that great chemistry or if it's a weird pose that's picked, that'll turn me off. Um, but yeah. if there's some great chemistry between the couple on the cover, I like, yep. Like, well, I, I have nothing to do with the story, but the cover. <laughs> but I've had couples great. on covers and the descriptions yeah. are no do not match who they are. Yeah. Or, or, even, or even a single model on the cover and it doesn't match, quite match the description. Yeah. It's, it's rough. So there's a couple Mm -hmm. authors who have been releasing books um, and their covers are the same for throughout the whole series. And I appreciate that. Like Mm -hmm. I, cause then I can automatically look and be like, oh, I know what series that belongs to. Kendall Ryan is excellent about doing that. Her books all have the same color context. They use the same font. There's consistency. And you know that this group of books goes together. Sawyer Bennett with like Arizona Vengeance. We all know that blue and white and green is Mm going to be all Arizona Vengeance. So I do appreciate that. Z too. She's got, you know, the, the blue yeah. Nope. I so Carolina covers play a big part for you. Heck yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you I, answer that question? No, because we all know how I feel about covers. I so I think it's different nowadays because we read everything digitally. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I would say a cover doesn't really play any part in it for me because I don't ever look at the cover in my Kindle. Like when you open a book, very rarely does the cover do you look at the cover first before you you have to look at it on actual amazon by the time i one click on it and move it over to my kindle i never see the cover again um that being said though we do know that i pick apart certain covers because like we had one a couple months ago where the way the woman's hand was on her hair it made it look like her hand was furry like it was a wolf hand on her shoulder (laughs) 
It was very bizarre. Ask Leah like six different times. I'm like, does this look like her hand or not? Well, and you thought it was like a man hand too. It was a man hand. Because like the way she was posed and the way the curl came around, it looked like it was coming out of her hand. Like it was like she had furry hands, which is weird. It was poor placement. Like they could have erased that curl. And she was a, she was a beautiful woman, but just that curl on the hand it it looked like a man hand like that was was like every three days she's like look at this cover (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm just that for you but here's the other thing too with um instagram reels and tiktok the covers visually seeing covers so sometimes that you don't have any like audio or there's not a lot of words like your first impression is the cover of the book as well video so we are seeing it in that sense versus Mm -hmm. digitally and i will also say that i'm probably more critical of an illustrated cover um maybe after i read the book like of it matching the story because you have control of everything on that versus um sometimes i know that authors if they don't have the budget if they're just getting started they don't have the budget to do their own photo shoot they're buying a stock photo of a model and they're trying to match it as best that they can so i will give some leniency unless you're just being like obnoxious saying i have a clean shaven blonde hero but your cover shows a bearded brunette like you know that's you can, my you can get closer you can get definitely you can get closer with it, finding a stock photo or whatever that is. So I illustrated mm-hmm. covers. If it doesn't match it, like I am much more critical. Cut a head off. I'm all about cutting yeah. the heads off. I think that covers are also important. Like if you have a super sexy cover and then the book a super is like sexy book. a clean romance, mm-hmm. ooh, like it doesn't, it That's doesn't false fit. advertising. It is yeah. false advertising. So when I see, yeah. And it's the same thing with like illustrated covers. I know that's like a trend that's been happening, but they don't fit every book, mm-hmm. right? For so sure. I, it's kind of like I see an illustrated cover, and you think you're going to get like, but I don't mind like maybe a rom com or like more comedy. You're not expecting super angsty, yeah. right? But I don't like, mind. If an I see an object. illustrated comforter. I don't mind an object on a cover. Like I'm thinking Neon Gods yeah. by Katie Roberts. Like oh, no. that that's, that's worked. Different. That worked. Um, and I don't know that you could have done a cover well enough to sell exactly what that book was. I agree with that for sure. Um, but then you look at a Tessa Bailey and everyone's like, oh, her books are so spicy. Don't let her illustrated covers fool you. And it's like, mm, I guess. But are they? Are they really? But I think with her though, traditionally too, published though. <laughs> but I think with hers though too is like she's starting like she's trending that route. So like all of her covers are going that way. So like when you see a Tessa Bailey illustrated cover, you you don't think this is gonna be just a rom com or this is this. Like Tessa Bailey just has an illustrated cover. Like that's kind of her thing right now. So yeah, yeah I think with her specifically, those books with illustrated covers are they're traditionally published Mm -hmm. and almost all traditionally published books right now like are illustrated covers covers. well and olivia dade i mean she's probably a three spice level like we read that 40 love yeah you know it was Mm -hmm. a little sexier it was much sexier than typical traditional published books um but it wasn't you know like the other side of the sexy has 
a new one and it's a, a illustrated cover and she can write some she can she can and that one is fantasy though right isn't it a little bit of fantasy yeah, it's a I think witch. that one is her fantasy big witch one. energy or something yeah like big witch energy. like a, a yeah. little paranormal the big yeah. dick energy oh my gosh i am all about it i mean like let's be real anything by kelly jameson is like an automatic read doesn't matter what (laughs) got that on Um, net galley today you got that on net galley today oh my gosh you guys okay well thank you everyone for reading christmas romances happy christmas in july thank you for joining us um we appreciate you all very much so until next time i get another big idea We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so now you have six Christmas romances to uh, read to get yourself in the holiday spirit. Yeah. That was a fun episode. That was fun. Um, Okay, so we have a little bit of business before we get into all of the other stuff. Um, I just want to remind everybody that the podcast right now is funded 100% by our Patreon campaign. So if you love the podcast, please consider joining us over there. Uh, Plus, it does gain you membership to Drunk Book Club and other monthly book chats and fun. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just if you love the podcast, you can go over there and join us. We will love you forever. (laughs) Um, You can also support the podcast by shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. You can find the link and our storefront for Amazon over on our website. So again, if you're buying books and you're buying them through Amazon for your Kindle, you can purchase them through our Amazon affiliate link and we get a small kickback. If you do Amazon Prime, Audible, Kindle Unlimited, or Amazon Music, you can also find affiliate links over there on our website. Mm -hmm. Okay, Leah, what are you reading? I am reading Bodie by Nisa Catherine. It's a... It's very good. It is book. I haven't started it yet, but I'm starting it tonight. It is part of her Project Arma series. It's about, it's, I don't want to tell you. It's a romantic suspense. It is. It's very good though. They're very steamy. (laughs) There's a lot of penis in these ones. Oh, well, there you can get your penis (laughs) facts. What are you reading? Um, Sweet Sexy Heart by Melissa Foster. Um, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'm it comes out August 4th, I think, or 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um I'm relatively new to Melissa Foster, so I'm trying to dabble into her different um families. Families and this is a football player, retired football player and a bookstore owner. Uh-huh. So, anyway, um did you know, Leah, that you can find a complete list of upcoming releases each Sunday on our website? I did know this. We link all the books that we mention in our notable releases on the podcast, plus a few others, because the lists go on forever. Well, in some some weeks are more plentiful than others, and we can't list them all, because right. this week coming up, there are a lot of books coming out. It's a lot. It's a so big week. Big it week. is. But there's a lot of good books coming out, too. Okay, so kick us off. What's are you coming ready? up? Okay, so we have Wild Mistake, Wild Horse Ranch, book three by Kim Lorraine is coming out on July 26th. Undercover Engagement, Private Pleasures, book five by Samantha Beck, July 26th. 
Love Next Door by Helena Hunting, July 27th. Home Again by Melissa Grace, July 27th. Crashed Gold Hockey Book 12 by Elise Faber is coming July 27th. Private Player by Louise Bay, July 27th. Southern Secrets, Southern Number 7 by Natasha Madison, July 27th. Bayou Beauty, um, Butterfly Bayou Book 4 by Lexi Blake, July 27th. Adrift, Kill Devil Hills, Book 3 by Kaylee Cross, July 27th. See, I told you, it's a busy week. It is. And then uh, The Nanny and the Nerd by Kristen Sandor on July 29th. Full Bodied, Tangle Vines, Book 4 by Delta James on July 29th. The Right Side of Wrong by Prescott Lane, July 29th. Mm -hmm. um, Fight or Flight by Arlie Reed, July 29th. Unforgettable, A Cole Family, Faith and Caleb by C.R. Riley is July 30th. And Fish Out of Water by Josie Watts, July 30th. Yeah, so it's it's a big week. And I mean, this is just a tiny drop in the bucket because I can name, I can think of like four other books that are coming out next week. And I think I pre-ordered three of them. I was going to say, we just can't list everything or we'd be here all night. Um, for could. a full list, make sure you check out the website, buzzingaboutromance.com, so that you can find sales links and a full list. Yes. Um, so, But every Saturday and sometimes random days random during in the, the week, week. Um, we, not we, Becky, Becky <laughs> posts the deals in the buzz. Each week we share a list of on sale and free books. Um, this week there are a ton of historical romances. So if those are your jam, check them out. And you can find the list for free on the website. Yes. So next time um, we are chatting with author Maria Lewis mm -hmm. about her latest series, The Broken Crown Trilogy. Yes. And the inspiration it to take a bit of a darker and angstier turn to her romance. So typically she's written hockey romance and like a rom-com contemporary romance that mm -hmm. takes place in new Orleans. Yeah. Um, she has a put a ring on it series also, which is very good. It's actually my favorite series of hers. But. And then, but now she has this broken trilogy and it takes place in England, mm -hmm. in the UK, and it has a little bit darker, edgier spies, secret society. Yes. Um, so we're going to chat with her about making those changes and the inspiration to write a little bit of a darker spy romance. Mm -hmm. So until next time, everyone, we'll chat with you next week, right? Next week, right? Uh-huh. Happy reading, everybody. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 